You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans coming to you on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Thanks to all of our listeners that listen to the podcast later, anywhere podcasts are found. If you jump in for the live show, you listen for a little bit, then you have to run. You can always catch up on the podcast later, and the video is always available on all of those platforms as well. But we are fired up once again on a Monday following a football weekend where we saw tight games, crazy finishes, a couple upsets. And actually, the biggest upset happened in Boone, right? Now, we'll talk about all of it this, uh, this, this, this show today. And, and so excited to be here uh, with Luke. We'll, we'll hear from him in just a moment. Uh, Henry, unfortunately, uh, had some, some stuff come up. And, and so uh, keep him and uh, his wife in your, your prayers uh, today. Um, and so hopefully he'll, he'll be back and everything's okay uh, for next week. Uh, but we've got a lot to get to today. Um, a, a lot on this show as far as yesterday in the NFL. Are the Jaguars for real? Big win for them over the Chargers. Detroit, Minnesota, one of the, the, the entertaining games of the day. Miami, in dramatic fashion, beats the Bills. My Panthers got the win. Eagles continue to dominate. Last night was ugly for Sunday Night Football, but the Broncos win again. It's not pretty, but they're 2-1. and one. Crazy to think their one loss is against Seattle, and that might be Seattle's only win of the season as they lost to Atlanta over the weekend. And the Packers knocked off the Bucs, and you know I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. I've got the Packers in the Super Bowl, and I've got the Bucs missing the playoffs. Start buying in, baby. Zero rushing touchdowns this season for the Bucs. Only three passing touchdowns for the Bucs. I know they're two and two and one now. Yeah, two and one. Forget about it. They're in trouble. It's not looking good for them. Uh, how about Kansas football? They win. Uh, that was that was uh, crazy over the weekend. I was listening to that while uh, working on my yard a little bit. Um, and then, of course, Luke's A&M Aggies. Uh, they got a big win as well. And then my Mountaineers fell to JMU up twenty-eight to three. Twenty-eight to three. I, I I was like, oh, I'm good. We're good. Starting to get ready for a little cookout, having some fun with some friends. Come back in, app loses. Unbelievable. So the uh, the wild season for my Mountaineers continues. Uh, we've experienced every emotion, good, bad, everything in between. It's been a, a wild season for sure. All right, we'll also, we'll do a little tap drill today. Luke and I, a couple other fun topics. How about this? The NFL is changing their Pro Bowl format. Do we like the new structure and adding flag football and some skills competitions? Uh, we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit as well. We are brought to you by MediShare, MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution. 
It's biblical, affordable, and it's an alternative to health insurance. Members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. My family, we've been members for over six years. They say the typical family saves up to $500 per month. Open enrollment is coming up. Check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it and figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family. It takes two minutes to see how much you can save. And so go investigate this for you and your family at MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Luke, what a big weekend. It's hard to know even where to begin, but how are you doing? Oh, doing great. You know, the wife was out on business last week in Connecticut, and I'd like to say I survived pretty well. One Way night, even made some delicious chicken tikka masala, Look which at you. sounds harder than it is. It's just, can I make chicken? Can I heat up some rice? And can I pour the sauce on top? But it was delicious. So we're feeling great. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, had a bachelor party this weekend. Uh, with uh, one of my from one of my college roommates it was great to be with uh, the college friend group this weekend. Played golf twice and went to the A and M Arkansas game at Jerry World, which we got monster weekend, monster weekend. Monster it weekend. was good. That's... So we're feeling great. My Jayhawks are four and zero. Lance Leipold is the real deal. Uh, just hope he doesn't get picked off by a, a big, an even bigger school, uh, which is oh, that's scary. It's yeah. concerning, but I'm yeah. going to stay present and enjoy his administration in Lawrence, Kansas for now. There you go. That That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, fun college football weekend, NFL yesterday. We'll, we'll start with I'm convinced. And and here here's how I feel for the teams that won yesterday. I'm convinced that these winners shouldn't be overly excited about the win that they got over the weekend because – they actually just beat a team that they're slightly better than, but it's not a significant win. So I will begin with my Carolina Panthers. I am happy they won. I am thankful they won, but I'm not that excited about it because it's the New Orleans Saints, a banged up Saints team. And in Carolina, it's a divisional game. You got to win that one. And so I'm thankful that they did it, but uh, pump the brakes. The Chicago Bears, you beat the Texans. That offense you, you've got in Chicago, it is dreadful. And you got to figure it out, but you got the win. You got two on. They're two and one. Shockingly, I don't know how, uh, but I'm not overly excited about the Bears. Cole Komet Fal- finally got his first two catches of the season. Finally, thanks, Cole Komet. Yeah, yeah, he was on my bench. But uh, and then the the Falcons, like I mentioned, beating Seattle. Seattle's not very good. So good for Falcons. You know, fans they can feel like, man, all right, our offense continues to move the ball. They got Kyle Pitts involved. Uh, they've got some weapons. The young Drake London is a very good wide receiver. So yep. there's some there's some optimism there, but they're still not a great team. And then lastly, I was out on the Tennessee Titans. They were embarrassed on Monday Night Football, and then they beat the sorry Oakland or now the Las Vegas Raiders. You might as well call them the Oakland Raiders at this point. Send them back to Oakland after this 0-3 start. But the, the, the Raiders are in deep trouble, deep trouble. And if I'm the Titans fan, hey, Derrick Henry got going. Okay, that's good. It's one game. It's against the Raiders. Let's let's be patient there. Um, and then on the flip side, these are the winners that I, I'm convinced should be very excited today. Jacksonville Jaguars. Your love and life. Yes. Urban's gone. Doug Peterson's <laughs> there. Trevor Lawrence is showing you why he was the number one pick. You, you picked up Christian Kirk. He's been great. Marvin Jones gets another touchdown. 
Yep. Uh, Travis Etienne looked much better yesterday. James and Robinson is James... very much back from an Achilles injury. Let's go. What a what a story for him. Urban just totally wrote him off last year. We all wrote him off after the Achilles, and all he's done to start the season is run, 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 get into the end zone. It's impressive. So if Jaguars excited about what you're doing, yep. the Dolphins beating the Bills, absolutely, you got to be excited about that. We were yep. all crowning the, the Bills as the – they're going to go undefeated. They're the greatest team we've ever seen. They're unstoppable. And then the heat, the sun, the Miami sun really uh, scorched that, that Buffalo team uh, over the weekend. Great game. We'll talk about that. Uh, but, if, but if I'm the Dolphins, yeah, I'm excited. And then my Indianapolis Colts, absolutely excited about beating the Chiefs. Colts oh, needed yeah. a win. To, to bounce back off following that that zero point game last week, uh, which was embarrassing. Uh, that was a, a very exciting yeah. win for the Colts. Wow. And, and then and then lastly, I'm convinced the Philadelphia Eagles should absolutely be excited this morning as they move to three and zero with a yeah. dominating performance against Washington. Their former quarterback Carson Wentz. They can feel excited that they moved on from Wentz. They've got their guy, Jalen Hurts. He's playing as well as anybody. The Eagles are playing the, probably the best, you know, they're the best team in the league through three weeks. Uh, it's fair to say Hurts might be the MVP through three weeks as well. So there you go. That's what I'm convinced of uh, today. So what I'm convinced of today is I saw the greatest play I've ever seen in person at a sporting event. Ooh, It was Saturday night. AT&T Stadium, Jerry World, AM Arkansas. Way more Arkansas fans than AM fans, it felt like, which was interesting. I guess, you know, Arkansas, top 10 team in the country, it's going to bring out a lot of fans. However, AM goes down 14 0 early. Arkansas is about, or sorry, Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas is about to score. They're on the four yard line. Quarterback dives for the end zone from the four, which is questionable. AM forces a fumble. It's a scoop and score. They pick it up, but starts to get tackled. Hands it off to another AM player who takes Always it to risky. the house. Risky. But, I mean, we were going insane. An unbelievable momentum change. I've never seen anything. I mean, that's, that's what you dream of playing football at recess in elementary school is a lateral to your teammate to then take it all the way. It was... Me, my friends and I, we were going absolutely crazy. It was it was amazing. It's the best play I've ever seen in person, and that uh, it was just tremendous. That's awesome. Tremendous. No, I'm I'm with you on the pitch play is as exciting as it gets. And it used to be. I remember in college football, used to, they used to run the, like the triple option more often, and and even playing college football video games growing up. Like it was always fun to hit the pitch button and yeah. and just keep a play alive. Uh, but it's very very rare. In, in either level of football these days. Uh, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm so all for good. it. It's risky, but, man, it's fun. You throw the defense yeah. off in such a significant oh, way. Um, so, good. so, yeah, that's a, that's a good play. You got to experience. So, so fun for you to be back at Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, App State still beat Texas A&M. So as bad as it was for us on Saturday, we still had that to hang our hat on. And I'm pulling for the Aggies to keep winning. So keep doing it. I mean, what? loss doesn't help you much, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Fair. And, gosh, and then Miami losing to – Middle Tennessee, bad. Yikes. I mean, yeah, yikes. AM's resume is looking tough. <laughs> not, if you're an App State fan, how do you how are you even like standing? You've experienced every emotion in the book 
and it's the first quarter of the season. Uh, September. What? How do you even process what's going on? It's unbelievable. It it is. It's wild. I mean, we like I kept telling people we're the coolest school in the in the country, but then you lose to JMU, the the new team in the Sun Belt, a, a team that has beaten us multiple times over the years. Uh, and then to be up 28-3, and then you're reliving the Atlanta-New England Super Bowl. Oh, you've it's, won it's on the Hail good. Mary. You've lost a huge lead, and you've beat a top-10 Power 5 school at and their— And went toe-to-toe with UNC and lost by, yeah. a, you know— in a crazy game. Lost. Yeah. Wild. It's crazy. Oh, Absolutely my goodness. wild. So there's always excitement in, in Boone land, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, on, on the flip side, my, my, my Panthers continue to be a very frustrating team to watch. Very boring— <laughs> Not much offense. I mean, I wanted them to feed the ball to CMC a little bit more. I, I didn't necessarily mean to just run up the gut every single play. Maybe yeah. bounce it outside a little bit. Maybe dump it off to him a little bit more and get the ball to DJ Moore. Get the ball to your weapon at wide receiver. We see across the league, quarterbacks find their go-to guy. Even yeah. though your boy, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, they're having a tough time getting him the ball. So he's kind of gone through a two-week uh, spell as well. Yeah. Uh, but him and DJ Moore are kind of the two guys that are they, – they got to get some more targets. You got to feed yeah. them. But finally, finally our boy Thielen had any get action in the end this zone. season. Yeah. Yes. That Goodness was that was gracious. big for them. And and actually, I, I saw this earlier. So the K.J. Osborne uh, final you know game-winning touchdown play, apparently it was the same play call that he won the game on last year when the Vikings beat the Panthers. You're gonna call the same play and win a game again. That's remarkable yeah. to, me. and that's a, that's a new coaching staff too. Yeah, and it's the same third, you know, not third string, but third in wide receiver, third on the depth chart. Uh, Osborne, uh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, so good for him. Um, so, of all the games yesterday, we'd love to hear from our listeners. You know, which game, which result stands out? Which was the most you know fun and exciting to watch? I mean, I think in some ways the Dolphins Bills game lived up to the hype that it was tight. Both teams, you know, showcased what they're capable of doing, but it was much, you know, more of a low-scoring game than probably we thought, especially coming off the week that they had last week where they were scoring at will. Uh, that Monday night game for Buffalo, my goodness. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Miami comeback against the Ravens last week. But uh, the, the big storyline from this game, though, really is the Tua looked like a concussion, ended up coming back in the game, was yeah. so wobbly, and... Yeah, it's one of those questions that I have for fans. Do you want to see guys play through the concussions or, or quote-unquote concussions and, and go back out there, or does it make you nervous at home? Like Because sometimes I think we get desensitized as fans because we're just watching on TV, we're looking at our fantasy lineups, and we just want our guys to be healthy and out on the field. But I think when we pull back, it's like, dude, you do not look well. That was not that was not a good thing. You need to rest and and make yeah. sure that you're 100 percent with your brain before you get back out there. Because we're hearing way too many stories 10, 20, 30 years later from these guys that are doing crazy stuff. And it points back to the CTE that I, I thought we were taking this seriously. And and so yeah. I, it, it doesn't see that didn't feel right. So I know they're excited about the win, but there's definitely some some questions there uh, without a doubt. Well, I think we've we've kind of over dramatized this. Oh, play through play through pain, play through the injury. That's football. But I think now fans are starting to see that, especially head injuries. It's just not worth it. No matter how bad you want your best players to be in the game, 
it's just an it's it's we're approaching it's a no-brainer to a head injury you know let's just pump the brakes i mean especially if you haven't seen the clip go look it up of tua getting up and actually stumbling and his teammates having to hold him up like do we really want a guy like that to stay in the game i feel like that kind of like convicts us and like no i just don't care like dude you gotta get out of the game yeah, it, no, I'm with you. And actually, I think yeah. you bring up a good point as far as playing through pain. And, and at some point, you do cross over to where you're hurting your team. And so this is a little separate from Tua because I guess he helped to, them win. Yeah. But but to go to the Justin Herbert Chargers situation, I, that was not great. He didn't play well. That that wasn't the Justin Herbert that we're used to seeing. And, and we'll give credit to Jacksonville. Hey, they play well. They got the win. Defense was putting pressure on him. But Herbert yeah. wasn't himself. That offense w- wasn't up to up to par for them and and that was a, a costly loss for them and i just have to wonder our favorite backup quarterback chase daniel uh, why not utilize him the guy's that's ready fair. to go what are we yeah, doing yeah, yeah. if I, there's any backup that's ready to go that knows been, the playbook it's he's chase daniel he's been yeah. preparing for so many years just give the guy a chance i know especially against jacksonville like ja- jacksonville has definitely got better but it's not a divisional game where hey you know what our quarterback's a little banged up, but we got to roll him out there. It's early. It's the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a concerning situation for them because they're getting off to a slow start. We knew that this division was going to be competitive, but, but it's fascinating because the Chiefs lose yesterday, and they made some weird decisions. There was some you know tension between Biennemi and Mahomes, which was overblown, but still, th- yeah. there were just some decisions that you know, they weren't clicking. They weren't rocking and rolling like we know the Chiefs can do, uh, and really how well they played the first two weeks. They were playing as well as anybody, and yesterday, eh, the things weren't, weren't great for them. And then you go to Denver. Denver's having a heck of a time on offense. They can't figure oh. anything out. Russell Wilson had one big drive where you see with your eyes, you go, oh, he does remember how to play quarterback. <laughs> but then the other 99% of the rest of the game oh my gosh. is lost and confused. It's three and outs. It's unwatchable. Can we can we flash back to before the season? And I'll admit, rightly so. I mean, this division, these four teams. I mean, yeah. come on, it's going to be great football. I mean, yes, it's still early, but it's been bad. Kansas City, fine. You know, they can lose to the Colts. The Colts are a talented team. Kansas City's been just fine. Yeah, but the rest of the division, yikes! Raiders, yikes! I mean. How does Denver look this bad on offense? It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. It's they're so talented. You're supposed to have an offensive guru and hack it calling plays. I just don't understand. I mean, last yeah, night's it, game, I'm convinced was one of the worst games I've ever watched in my life. Now, I definitely had to study, I had to do some I had to do some stuff for class, so that played a part of it. But at halftime, I'm like, you know, I'm done for the night. What am what am I watching? No. It, it what was, was the final really score? Bad. Eleven? Was it eleven to ten? Was that the final score? I think so. Twelve to yeah. eleven. Oh my! I mean, gosh. are you kidding was, me? Oh, it was it was ugly. And you know, I think for both teams, they they do have good defenses. So the 49ers and Broncos both will have you know top defenses this season. Um, and we saw a lot of that, which you know that's it's good. But yeah, it was eleven to ten. Um, oh. but, and then with Jimmy G, it's like that whole unique story too. Like they're coming off this great win. And then that offense, I mean, that, they, they weren't moving the ball at all. Um, and you know, Jeff Wilson had a couple big plays, but 
they rely on that run game and that wasn't you know really clicking like they need it to yeah um it was good for them to have george kittle back but wasn't a, a big enough difference maker um and then to to stay with the afc west for a second too you talk about the broncos just kind of limping across getting a couple wins um the Raiders can't even get a win and they, they lose to the Titans who look terrible the first two weeks. And, and I just have to go back to the decision that the Raiders made to not bring back rich Vesekia. I think that's how you say his name. The interim coach from, from last year, we still never figured out how to say his name, but man, that guy could play or could coach. And those guys were playing hard for him. Now it's all had the locker room in the palm of his hand. I know, and it's always tricky with the interim coach because sometimes teams rally, they finish the year strong, and a guy is, he just benefits from the change in voice midseason, and it's maybe not the right answer long-term. And so that's what the, you know, that was the decision the Raiders made. But it's only been three games. I do have to question, though, that that may not have been the right decision. This was a playoff team last year, and they've taken a significant step back, yet, they really didn't lose a ton in the offseason, but they gained Devontae Adams. Yeah. So uh, this is this is definitely concerning for the Raiders. And to, to try to then be better than the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chiefs, I, I don't see that happening. I really don't. Thankfully, the outside of Kansas City, the other two teams seem to be, you know what? No, I want you to have the I want you to be second place in That's the division. Right. No one really is going to take it. A lot of question marks. Poor Russell Wilson booed heavily playing Seattle week one, and now home fans are already booing him in Denver. Can you imagine before the season, you know, week three, do you think Denver fans are going to be booing Russell Wilson? I'm like, wait, what are you even asking? Are you kidding me? But it's a resounding yes. Booing him big time. All right. So uh, you set me up well. So I want to jump into this week's Unpack This Topic where we take a sports story, sports topics related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And today I want to talk about impatience. And the reality is, we have to admit it as sports fans, we're an impatient bunch, right? You've already heard it on this show. We're talking about teams getting off to a 0-3 start. It's only three games into the season. We're, We're talking about the Raiders, who they do have a new head coach. They do have a new weapon. In, in in wide receiver. Then you talk about Denver. It's a new quarterback. It's a new coach. And fans are so impatient. Me as a Panthers fan. Oh. Think about how impatient we are with Baker Mayfield and this offense. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback. And the quarterback didn't get here until July. Wasn't named the starter until later on in training camp because an alleged battle with him and Sam Darnold, which is still laughable to even think back on. But but anyway, we, we, we're just so impatient. We want our teams to win and win now. I wrote the Cowboys off week one. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You're done. The season's over. Just fire everybody. Sell the team. I'm well, moving I'm, to, I'm, I'm definitely moving proponent to and sell the team. Yeah, definitely proponent. Oh. Jones family yeah. sell the team for sure. You'll stay on that train. Yeah. Um, you know, so so here's what happens. We we get frustrated when a new head coach doesn't turn the team around quickly. We get annoyed when the rookie quarterback doesn't dominate day one. We get restless when the big-time free agent or the traded player doesn't become a difference maker right away. So whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's, you know, Baker Mayfield, even Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, uh, to me, through three weeks, the most impatient fan bases, Broncos, Raiders, Colts, Panthers, and I'll throw in the Steelers as well, 
because they're already impatient with uh, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. They're, they're, they're done. They're, they're frustrated. The loss on Thursday night, that was a tough one to, to Cleveland. Yeah. And Bengals fans they want- are done with Zach Taylor. A lot of Bengals fans are out on him. <laughs> already? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They take it to the stakes of the Super Bowl. Yeah. They, can't, they, they can't dream of the Super Bowl. Now, all of a sudden, they get the Super Bowl. They're ready to move on. That's laughable. But that's 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 what we are. That's how crazy we are as sports fans and especially NFLs. And and so we want, you know, we want to win all the time. We want things to happen really quickly. And and what what ends up happening though is we we don't really consider kind of all of the facts or we're not willing to sort of understand that certain details factor into this. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, like they got to get on the same page. Russell Wilson isn't Aaron Rodgers. And Russell Wilson was, you know, used to being in Seattle for a, for a long time. And so we have to kind of pull back sometimes and, and realize, all right, <laughs> I want my favorite team to do well, but we have to wait a little bit for them, for the offense to figure things out for it to become that, that high powered offense. And, and so what this points to though, is being impatient, and, and whether we're talking about sports or whether we're talking about life, which is what I want to talk about today and focus in on, is it's challenging to be patient. It's challenging because we, you know, we, we just get impatient throughout our day when people don't do what we want them to do as quickly as we think they should. Because we don't like waiting. We, we show little tolerance for people who move slowly. We want things our way without delay. And, and, you know, think about how dare somebody take a while to respond to our text or email. I can't, oh. I can't believe that. I can't believe they haven't, they haven't gotten back to me right away. Like, what could they I possibly don't get, be doing? If I don't have two-day shipping on Amazon, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I can buy this. Which is, are you kidding me? It's, it's like outrageous of a statement to make. I can't, uh, week-long shipping, way too long. If I have to put my quiche in the oven versus the microwave, forget about it. I'm not eating that quiche. It can <laughs> stay in the freezer. I'm out. I'm out on it. I, I can't wait 10 minutes for a quiche. I want it now. I want my quiche now. Bah, the meatloaf. So, um, uh. so you know, we can all relate to this in, in one way or another. We, we, we are impatient people. And, and, and I think this also plays out in, in other ways, like, like just how, how quick we are to judge others for their mistakes or when we're unwilling to show empathy or grace or understanding or, or give the benefit of the doubt to people. No, mm. no, this is what we do. We jump to conclusions without pausing, and, and we don't take into consideration that things take time, people move at different paces, and, and oftentimes there's a legitimate reason things aren't clicking or coming together as quickly as we'd like or somebody's not responding to us as quickly, or, or somebody's not you know, growing in a certain area that we wish that they were growing in, and it's taking time. And, and then, of course, going back to the sports, it's you got to win week one. You got to come on, man. You got to throw, the, throw, the, throw touchdowns right away. You got to have that chemistry with your quarterback and, and wide yeah. receivers. And, and so you know, being impatient can affect many areas of our life. And, and so we have to evaluate and determine if that's the kind of character trait that, that we want to – resemble do we really want to be the kind of person that's easily irritated annoyed angry restless agitated and on it and on the edge or just on edge i guess is a better way to say it so is that who we want to be because we know what being impatient looks like how it plays out 
You're, you're irritated in traffic. You're irritated at, at the grocery store. It just kind of, it's kind of your, your character and personality and attitude and behavior that, that, that bubbles up in a lot of different ways. But what if we actually were patient in those situations? What if we were a patient spouse, a patient uh, father, uh, mother, you know, what, what if that, what if that played out in, in those areas of our lives? You know, a patient boss, a patient employee, uh, a patient neighbor, because thankfully as followers of Jesus, when we yield to the spirit, we become patient people. We, we take on the character of Jesus when we submit to him, because then we're calm and composed and understanding and considerate and kind we're able to accept or tolerate delays or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. And, and so, you know, this is extremely difficult to do in our own strength. And so, as I say, most weeks, when we're talking about different topics, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit within us that as followers of Jesus, he empowers us to, to, to live the way we're supposed to live. And, and so we can't do it in our own abilities. And so we yield to him and, and when we do, we can have patience. We can be patient with people. We can be patient with situations. And in Galatians 22 and 23, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And so these are the results of living a, a Spirit-filled life, relying on the Holy Spirit within us, yielding to the Spirit within us. This is what it says. And this is the Amplified Version. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace. And here it is for patience. Patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. And then also kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So again, we're focusing on, on, the, on the fruit patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. And so that's the character trait that we, that we want to resemble, the, the, the fruit that we want to, to, to have show up in our lives is that, that patience where we're calm, we're, we're not on edge, we're not you know, easily angered or irritated, but, but we have a, an understanding and, and the spirits within us to, to give us that, that kind of clarity and, and ability to pause in those kind of situations. Um, Paul also implores us in, in Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, Therefore I, prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And, and so we've got to show each other grace and understanding and compassion and empathy and, and, and have, you know, just a, a level of, um, you know, just tolerance, and that word gets construed a ton of different ways, but it's just this, this understanding and realizing, okay, maybe that person's got something going on in their life. Okay, maybe maybe their their background uh, affects kind of how they're responding in this situation. Let, let me try to understand things a little bit better. Let me have a little, little patience with this person before flying off the handle, before jumping to conclusions, before you know getting irritated with, with people. Um, and so, you know, when we, th when we think about impatient sports fans who are easily frustrated, annoyed, and on edge about their favorite teams, let's consider whether or not we're living this way from day to day. And, and so let's remember this too, that Jesus continues to be patient toward us with incredible grace. 
because you and I are knuckleheads, yet Jesus continues to love us, shows grace, and he's patient toward us. And so as we look to his character and his example, let's choose to be patient with others and the circumstances that we face. And, and so lastly, uh, this is from Colossians. So as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. So there you go. You can unpack that. That's the kind of patience that we want to have. And I will admit and confess, this is difficult for me. Uh, thankfully, the Holy Spirit has given me the, the strength and power as a, as a dad. Uh, I've been able to, to learn, but that it's tested daily, the, the patience with my little daughters. Uh, but sometimes that patience, I struggle when I'm driving. I struggle when I'm standing in line, and I don't like being patient with people. I can't believe this person would pull out in front of me, and my, uh, you know, I easily get irritated. Um, and so there are areas that God continues to work on in, in my life. But this is the, I want to be patient. I want to be a patient person. I want to be a patient dad, a patient husband, a patient friend, and, and not, you know, jump to conclusions and fly off the handle um, after, you know, three games, so to speak, as we compare this to sports. Um, mm. So so to have, have a little bit more of a, a reasonable understanding approach uh, in life. So, Luke. You're a pretty patient, man. How do you uh, <laughs> how do you feel about this? What hit, what hits you today? Well, I mean, I'm reading through the comments what people are saying, and it's very relatable. I mean, Brandon commented saying he's been in a waiting room for over two hours while <laughs> while watching, and this is like a very <laughs> wow, well I should laugh. Topic. I should laugh, but it's like, waiting it, room I mean, for like, what? What are we waiting for? Uh, I, doctor, all right. Hopefully, Brandon's all right. But I mean, it's a, he said it's a well timed topic. But if we're all being honest, it's a well-timed topic for all of us because our patience is tested every day. And I love your perspective on patience about coming to conclusions too quickly because patience can kind of become a superficial, oh, yeah, does this guy yell quickly or does he just kind of like respond patiently? Oh, yeah, he's so patient. He doesn't yell at his kids as soon as I do anything. But patience in regards to coming to conclusions slowly or quickly and the idea of assuming the best in someone. <clears throat> so when Madeline and I were going through premarital counseling, something that our, uh, our group leaders were telling us is assume the best in the other person, which essentially means be patient in coming to a conclusion in the moment. So if you perceive them doing something wrong to you or, Oh, I can't believe they did that. Hey, let's assume the best and let's discuss, hey, why did you do that? Instead of, oh, I can't believe you did that without even acknowledging, hey, what was actually going through your mind? Mm. And I mean, that's been some of the greatest advice in me being married about a year and a half. But that has come up so much, the idea of, hey, you know, you didn't assume the best in me in this moment mm. because I actually was thinking this when I did that. Oh, that makes so much more sense now. Yeah, I snapped too quickly. I came to a, a wrong conclusion way too quickly because I didn't get my way in the moment. Or, yeah, I just, oh, I can't believe she did that. So, yeah, patient and coming to conclusions. And then, you know, yeah, bring like viewing God in this, God is so patient. You read through scripture, God is patient to judge. He is merciful. 
I mean, we're called in James to be slow to anger. Mm. I mean, God is a patient God. He gives time for people to repent. That is unbelievable that God gives us opportunity to repent. Mm. He's slow to, to, to bring judgment. And that's the greatest news for us that we have an opportunity to repent of our sin, whereas we don't even deserve the opportunity to repent. We deserve punishment. We deserve God's wrath. But God is patient and brings about repentance in people. And that is that is such good news for us. And, you know, we need to hear about patience every day. And there's a great book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, that you and I have both read. Uh, I forget the, what's the name of the author. John Mark Comer. Yes. Such a good book. And especially in America, we are so we are conditioned to be impatient. Immediate gratification. I want this now. I want this now. I talked about Amazon two-day shipping. I'm not at the point of, oh, this has same-day shipping? Absolutely. Off. No. Nah, I don't think I'll buy it. Which is crazy. But he talks about these practical ways to practice, to unlearn this immediate gratification, this immediate conclusion. He talked about choose the longest line in the grocery store on purpose. Drive. Don't drive in the left lane on the highway. Drive in the slow lane. Oh, you're behind a slow car? Stay behind the slow car. Why are you in a rush? And it's like, wow, I am really impatient. Yeah. So that's a, a, long, a long spiel, but in summary, we are all impatient in many ways. So this is, like Brandon said, it's timely for him. This is timely for all of us. Yeah, what, what really hit me today is viewing this as a, a character trait and, and you know, recognizing that it's a fruit of the Spirit to be a patient you know, person and, and looking to the example of Jesus as being patient. Um, you know, I think that, that along this conversation, too, we don't like to wait for things and uh, you know, we want doors to open up, new jobs, all that kind of thing. And there's, there's, I can talk a lot about kind of the waiting game. And this is a part of it, but specifically focusing in on being a patient person versus being someone who's irritable on edge and quickly frustrated. Um, and I fall more into that category a lot of times. And I, I want to be that patient person. Oh, wow. You're really patient, aren't you? You're a patient person. Um, I, I, that I desire that. And, and so sports fans remind me of that. And my sports fandom, uh, I guess, uh, reflects it sometimes. So, uh, so that's the the challenge to, to me, and, and hopefully everybody's encouraged by that today. So, yeah, um, and and to take it out a step further in regards to the sports side of it, we do have to pause. It's only three weeks in the season, and and so some of these teams that that yeah. we're excited about, other th- you know things will happen. Other teams that were really disappointed, things are going to change throughout the season. Injuries, matchups, weather, it all gets factored in. You know, I. My buddies were talking about this morning. The the Bills really lost because they they couldn't handle the heat. They couldn't handle the Miami Heat. But once the the winter comes along and teams are having to go up to Buffalo, they're going to have a significant advantage during during those games. And and so that'll that'll be interesting. So yeah, um, I do want to say one more thing about unpack this. You bring up a great point about how, what are we like when we're waiting. Or if we're feeling <clears throat> something happens, what are we like? Rally is anyone can wait on anything because we don't have control over as much as we think. And if we all have to wait, like we can't just, oh yeah, I want it. I'm going to go get it now. But how are we when we're waiting? That's right. Like if I'm, if I have to wait five months for something, no matter who the person is, I have to wait that five months. I can't control the outcome, but am I going to be this irritable, 
impatient, ticking time bomb? Or am I going to be gracious to other people and selfless and not just, oh, just this grumpy person? Like, can I operate and serve other people while waiting? And I Mm. think that, yeah, that's just evidence of the Spirit growing us and making us more like Christ is while we're waiting for something, we're we're not just this ticking time bomb. If something happens and we immediately just lose it. That's right. Um, yeah, so I just thought I'd share that because, like, waiting for something doesn't mean you're patient in a lot of ways because we, we all have to wait. We can't control yeah. it. I'm going to wait right. regardless. What am I going to be like while I'm waiting, though? Yep. Are we actually being patient in what, yeah, what cap, captured, captures patience, what that, that yeah. true fruit looks like yeah. uh, in I mean, our I was lives. impatient at the A&M Arkansas game. First series, A&M has three down linemen, and Arkansas is running it down our throat. All my friends, what? Go to four down linemen. What are we doing? How do they have three linemen? I'm like, wait, we're only one series into the game, and we're already uh, losing it. We're already calling our coaches to change the entire game plan. You got to pace yourselves. You got to <laughs> pace yourselves. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, yeah, this is a great topic to talk a lot about it. The, the devotional uh, went out today already, so hopefully you can read that uh, after the show. And if you have not subscribed to the Unpack This devotional, you can do so on our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe all right so we'll uh let's let's jump into a little tap drill henry's not here today uh but we'll we'll tap around a couple other kind of interesting stories today and and if if we do have some more time we'll get back to a couple nfl topics um but i did want to uh talk about monday night football uh we always love tapping around monday night football toward the toward the end of our show and tonight your cowboys back in the limelight on the big stage, Monday Night Football, how does Cooper Rush handle this game against the undefeated New York Giants 2-0? I mean, it sounds like they're, like they're, they're, they're thinking Super Bowl up there in New York. I mean, they win two games, and it's, 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 it's unbelievable. So yeah. uh, they're the opposite. They're like, uh, yeah, they're the opposite of the fans we were talking about earlier. But, but how yeah. confident are you uh, going into this game for your, your Cowboys? Honestly, this is, I'm thinking more as a sports fan tonight than a Cowboys fan. I just want good football. I mean, primetime games have been such a letdown this year. Oh, the um, Sunday Night Football, Tampa uh, Bay Cowboys. Yeah, a couple games. It's been hit or Thursday miss. Night I, I won't games. say uh, total disappointment, but... But, like, tonight could be a disaster. Backup quarterback no, you're Cowboys. right. Last week's Monday Night games were bad. I forgot. You're right. The doubleheader yeah. was not very good. Bad. That's a good point. So, and I'm going to bring this home for you. You, you, won't, you won't like this, but listening, listening to the radio this morning... And uh, Cowboys beat reporter was asked, how do you feel about the Giants 2-0 team? Do you, are you buying them? He goes, honestly, no. It kind of feels like the Panthers last year 3-0 when the Cowboys played Carolina. Like, yeah. are they really who they <laughs> have shown? What are, what's the, what are they really like? I'm just concerned tonight's going to be horrible football. Like, it, it, could, it, it really could be bad. And I just hope it's a good game. Let both teams get to about 20 to 25 points. That's all I ask for. I just want good football. So I'm, I'm feeling yeah. fine. I'm, I'm not concerned, but I certainly am not feeling confident. So my guess is a lot of fantasy matchups are going to come down to the wire tonight. Zeke, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, those guys are in a lot of starting Ooh. lineups. So it, it's going to be interesting tonight. To, so really, I, to really rely on, though, because last week there was you know, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen, Diggs, guys you can bank on. 
tonight. Yikes. These are these are wide Lamb open. get me 10 points. <laughs> That's right. These are wide open tonight. So and I don't, nobody's starting Daniel Jones or Cooper Rush, so I know that much. Um, so the other uh, big, big news today, the Pro Bowl weekend is changing. They are eliminating the normal Pro Bowl game. So that's Thank out. Goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So now it looks like it's going to be a flag football game and other skills competitions, which they, they've kind of done that anyway, but maybe they're going to kind of bring it all together. And what's always frustrated, frustrated me with the skills competitions, they were always at random times, random channels. I never knew kind of yeah. when they were taking place compared to you know, like an NBA All-Star game Saturday night. It was always a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to make a bigger deal about it, I think has potential. And I'm very intrigued by flag football. So I've talked about it. I I love flag football. I wish that I would have played it growing up. I think these guys being able to showcase some of their skills in that setting could be really fun. It eliminates the offensive lineman to a certain extent, um, even though the Pro Bowl didn't showcase those guys anyway. Um, But I think even the defensive lineman can still rush the quarterback. And so it could be (laughs) Mississippi rush. It's going to be like recess. It's going to be awesome. I would say the only concern, I guess this was the same with the real game, is still injuries. They could still get injured in flag football. Those, those hammies, the ankles, all that yeah. kind of stuff is still still on the table. Yeah. So, I mean, but in that regard, I mean, anyone could get injured anywhere. I mean, the amount of golfers who fall down the stairs and miss a tournament is, I don't know. That's Dustin Johnson doing, you know, That's we Dustin don't know Johnson. what he's up to. But, yeah. yeah. So, here's the thing. We can all agree that, Leading up to this point, the Pro Bowl has been the worst all-star game experience in all of sports. It's not even close. The NBA all-star game, way better. MLB all-star game, way better. NHL is tremendous. The Pro Bowl is a complete waste of time. How they get any viewership is mind-boggling to me. It's not a real game. No one cares. People sit out of it. Why are we even playing? It's crazy to me. This is a no-brainer. Play flag football. People can actually compete more. And then do a bunch of awesome skill events. The idea that you would play tackle football before the Super Bowl, it just makes no sense to me. No one cares. The only good moment is when Jeff Saturday suited up and snapped (laughs) his last ball to Peyton Manning. Uh, That's That's the last, like actually meaningful thing I've ever seen in the Pro Bowl. So the the one thing about the NFL uniqueness and schedule and all that is that the NBA All-Star game is really cool because it's midway through the season. It, yeah. There's like a pause in the action. And in some ways, it kickstarts the, you know, the second half of the season and c- things kind of ramp up following the All-Star break. Also, yeah. the trade deadline sort of coincides yeah. with the All-Star break as Let's well. For all, all the other leagues, yeah, middle yeah. of the season. Definitely. Baseball, same thing. Um, hockey. So with the NFL, it's like these guys are, are already home. The players are done with the season, and and so when they, you know, they're like, hey, you got to come back. Like you either just lost in the playoffs or you've been out for three weeks, and now we need you to come back and ramp up and, and go play. That's a tough ask. And then you never get the very best players or the hottest players of the season because they're playing in the Super Bowl. So you're yeah. always out of those guys. So that's why it's like it's inherently uh, they're they're behind in making it a great game because of those factors. Um, 
and you know, and, and then the other thing is so many of the stars always bow out and then it gets watered down because other guys get bumped up, which is great for them as individuals. But now all of a sudden you get all of these guys get Pro Bowl credit and uh, they weren't necessarily a true Pro Bowler. They were an alternate that then got bumped up. And, and I wonder yeah. how that will affect things because all that has factored in over the years for Hall of Fames and all that kind of thing to where it's like, yeah. oh, he's a 10 time Pro Bowler. Uh, we got to be careful with comparing yeah. different guys. I mean, that's a whole other that. discussion. The idea of alternates being granted full, like even NBA All-Stars. Like if you have an All-Star injured and then you add an alternate to the game who's now considered an All-Star, even that just seems, ah, I, is that real? I yeah. don't know. Flip, flag football is exciting, though. I mean, you're talking to a, a first-grade Super Bowl champion for Coppell flag football. I was quarterback. We had three plays, Power Ranger green, Power Ranger red, and Power Ranger black. It was a run left, run middle, run right. And I handed it off to two unbelievable running backs every single play. They didn't ask more of me. I was a game manager. You can count on me to get the snap and to hand off the rock. And we're Super Bowl <laughs> champs. So personally, awesome. I'm a big First fan. Grade. Wow. I feel like I'm a legend of the game. That's awesome, man. Um, no, that's good. I, I think kids should be playing flag football. It's great. And so if you see the NFL yeah. players playing it, I think that that creates even more momentum and energy around it. Yeah. And, and we recently had guest uh, Troy Vincent on the show, works in the NFL front office and, and a big proponent for flag football and actually trying to get flag football in the Olympics. And, and so the, the NFL doing this for the Pro Bowl, it has some ripple effects yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, there's so that's, ser that's exciting. This is a serious issue. The amount of parents pulling their kids out of football which, hey, I mean, it's a dangerous game. Concussions, yeah. head injuries. I mean, it's it's a very violent game. And, yeah, flag football definitely has a, a bright future. Intramural flag football in college, man, some heated matchups. <laughs> yes, I, played, I did play. I did yeah. play. We were the quail hunters. Um, yeah, I. it was funny. I. Uh, <laughs> you guys had a team name? The yeah, quag, we had jersey. I still have my jersey. Yeah. Quail hunters. Yep. Yep. Were you so, part of that brainstorming session? I guess so. I guess so. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I used to play flag football, and then I started doing radio in college, and my show was always like during games. And so I, I like actually put together a team, was unable to play, and that team won the championship, I think. So Oof. so they won without me. They did, definitely didn't need me, but I, I kind You're of a on GM. The roster, though. A little bit of a GM. Yeah. I don't think I got any credit for putting that team together either. Oh. Um, I, I may have had like, I may have added like two guys and then they added their friends and then they won. So it may, it may have been that, uh, <laughs> but either way, um, one last kind of tap drill topic, and then we'll, we'll get back to some, some NFL and I'm going to share what I went through yesterday, watching games and, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll end on that note. So stick around for that. But I did want to ask you as a diehard golf fan, the president's cup took place this weekend in my backyard here in Charlotte. Yeah. And I have to be honest. So I, I love golf. I, I love when we host the Wells Fargo golf tournament and, and all that kind of thing. And usually it's in May and it's, it's a fun time of year. And I, I try to get out there at least for a round this year with football being so awesome. This totally was off my radar. I mean, I had it on my third TV during the first set of games. Cause I only had the Fox game. So I had an I had an open TV to throw on the President's Cup, but to me, golf this time of year is it's tough to get my attention. 
even though it was here in Charlotte. And I didn't even know about, like, I, did, I forgot that it was even coming. There was, like, no buzz leading up to the tournament or people saying, hey, Bryce, you going? It was very little, very little of that. And, and so it was cool. USA won nine straight times in the President's Cup. It's awesome. It's, people loved it. They had a great time there. But what is your, uh, what is your response to it? So I don't even think the, the notion of football being on is the cause of you not having interest. It's because the President's Cup, oh, it, it is so uncompetitive. I think. Oh, interesting. I think the U.S. like USA has only lost once ever. Hmm. Like it's just, it's tough to watch because the Ryder Cup is actually competitive. True. They go back and forth. There's, there's commonalities, and you have highly ranked players in the world. And no disrespect to the other team, but the world ranking, the world rankings from both squads is so. I mean, it's not even close. Team like hmm. the. The Americans go in every year heavily favored. They dominate. It's just not even competitive. So it's it. As a golf fan, yeah, I do watch because it's golf. But it's it's hard to watch because it you go in thinking, okay, yeah, US is going to win. It's just it almost feels like a formality. It's like such okay. a a light version, watered down of the Ryder Cup because never competitive, never. Wow. So it's just yeah. it's hard to watch. Because you, you already know what's going to happen well, going people, into it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I I was trying to figure it out. I just, I, there was a disconnect there. And for me, it's, yeah, September, fall football, I, I'm all in. And it's hard enough to keep up with every game uh, on Saturday and Sunday and throw in Monday nights, Thursday nights, and everything in between. Yeah. So, uh, and speaking of that, so I, I've got to share this. We talk a lot about, head coaches in the NFL and their clock management, their game management, you know, understanding how much time's left on the clock. And even yesterday we saw Tom Brady. What are you doing? He got a delay, a delay of game on the two point conversion. Oh, yeah. And the bucks, you know, they, they lost an ugly game. They're struggling as, as predicted, as predicted uh, on this show. But, you know, even Tom Brady, who's been around forever, struggling with the, the clock management. Nathaniel Hackett has taken a lot of heat. Apparently, the Bills he's down the stretch, clock management. They blew it. You saw Ken Dorsey lose his mind oh, lose in his the mind. press conference oh, or yeah. in the press box. Yeah. Oh, yikes. That was a temper tantrum. I mean, we've seen some guys throw some temper tantrums so far this season. We're only three weeks in. He didn't in. just throw his headset. He, I mean, it was like three or four times. Like, he was getting it all out. Understandably was- so. It was bad. So Ken Dorsey's name gets thrown around as maybe the next Panthers head coach. That's not a good look. You, you can't, you can't be that, that, that to me is somewhat childish. I mean, that's Matt, Maddie threw a good temper tantrum last night, but she's three. She's three. And you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> come on, man. This is the NFL. Like you're going to lose some tight games. This is the Miami Dolphins. You guys are a divisional teams. I appreciate yeah. the frustration and the excitement and wanting to win, but all right. Anyway. So we talk about game management. So yesterday, here's my, my situation. Last weekend was Jody's birthday. Okay. She got sick. She had to cancel some of her activities. And those activities got bumped to yesterday, Sunday. And I, you know, I've negotiated, hey, one to four. I'm I'm locked in watching football on Sundays. She's understanding, very kind, allows me to do that. Well, I had to be a good husband, 
step up, take care of the girls during that time. And I was very confident and aggressive that I could, that I could handle this, that, you know, I'm, I'm like Nathaniel Hackett think I'm a new, I'm a new dad thinking, Oh yeah, I can handle the intense pressure of being able to watch three TVs. Red zone was going crazy with all the games. I mean, we had the, the dolphins bills. We had the Vikings lions. The saints were making it interesting, making a little comeback against my Panthers. We had the Colts and the chiefs in a wild one. All this is going on. While Michaela was supposed to be napping, my one-year-old, she was not napping. She didn't fall asleep. She's up. She's crying. She's, I'm trying to figure out, okay, do I let her cry it out? Maybe she'll eventually fall asleep. So I've got one eye on the monitor, one eye on red zone, one eye on the Panthers, trying to watch the, the, uh, the president's cup. Forget about it. That's getting, that's getting axed. Yeah. Easily getting demoted. That's getting demoted. Well, then my neighbor texts me and say, Hey, are you watching games? Yeah. Yeah. Come on over. And so now my neighbor has come over. So now I'm entertaining a guest while juggling, juggling all of this. I've got my snacks to try to juggle. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sinking. I'm trying to keep up. (laughs) And, and then Maddie gets up. So now Maddie is up from her nap. So Michaela's up, Maddie's up. Now I have both daughters. Well, Michaela needs a bottle. So now I have to make the bottle with the formula. So th- is it two scoops, three scoops? Wait, was that Patrick Mahomes? Wait, what just happened? What, 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 wait, wait, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are gonna lose. Wait, my Colts are gonna win. Oh, this is great. Wait, what are the Saints doing? No, no, no. Hey, hey, Cameron. No, no, no. You're good. Are you gonna you gotta go home? No, you're gonna stay. No, you're gonna watch Michaela. All right, I'm gonna take Maddie. So I'm 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 trying to handle all of this. It's you know, four o'clock. It's the quad box, it's Scott Hansen, it's all going oh. on in Bryce's basement. And it was a wild ride for me. And I'm not sure if I won or not. I don't know what the, I don't, I don't even know what the, uh, the gauge is on if I won or not, but I saw some football, the girls got their snack, got their bottle, not too much crying. So Cameron did so, leave. He said, forget about it. I'm, I'm out. Okay. So that was my question. This. He's coming over thinking, you know what? Bryce is a good entertainer. He's got a good, <laughs> good track record. He's got the barf dip. Big, big he always provides good snacks great watching environment in the man cave. He's thinking, you know what? It's a no brainer. I'm asking to come over. He comes in. Did you deploy oh. his services as a, as a helper immediately? Or did you just leave he him volunteered. on his own? He volunteered, but he was trying to take a break from his young boys. And then Oof. I threw him in the fire. And now yeah. we're now all of this has happened. You know, I'm trying to keep up with five fantasy teams. He's keeping up with, I think he's got five fantasy teams. It was a lot. It was a lot to handle. So, well, so he, this is like a life quandary inception because now Cameron's in a life quandary. You come over, you're obviously struggling. You're 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 in survival mode. He has an option of, you know what? I'm gonna block it all out. I'm gonna focus on the games. That's I'm in right. the man cave. I'm here. I'm gonna watch. Yep. I'm gonna ignore Bryce in survival mode. Or do I say, you know what? I'm just gonna head back home, <laughs> which isn't which is awkward. I got here five minutes ago. This is obviously not what I expected. Hey, actually, you know, something came up. I got to head back home. We all know what's going on there. Or do you help, which is potentially the the servant-hearted thing to do, but you don't know what you're signing up for. It could be a couple hours worth of help. So he's in a tough life quandary. And my question is, what did he decide? So he hung on for a while, and then and then he, you've got your hands full. I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go. I'm, I'm gonna let you go. So yeah, he, he hung on as long as he could. It was, it was very kind. Uh, but it was, he eventually realized, yeah, 
is need to I need to move on. So yeah. I, I appreciated it. It was a, it was an unfortunate situation, but uh, we survived. We made it through. So <laughs> thankfully, Jody had a nice day. So that was the key. That was the key That's in this. Good. A little bit That's of sacrifice, good. but I also realized. All right, I'm, I'm like these head coaches trying to navigate. All right, wait. It's fourth down. It's, are we gonna yeah. run here? Are we gonna pass here? We're gonna kick a field goal. Time o'clock. I, I was uh, I was in the mid, in the mix in the midst of all that. So oh, there yeah. you go. So we'd love to know your uh, if you are a dad out there. Let me hear your uh, your Sunday story. How, how do you juggle it all? How do you do it? Let me let me know. Let me know. I'm only a few years into this. Really, just one year into the double. Actually, this is my second season. My second season in two two girls. On a, on a Sunday afternoon, trying to, trying to watch games and take care of them. So there you go. So, but, so Jody uh, was but out fun, of the house. She was out of the house, yeah. Okay. That was, it was all up to me and Cameron to keep things, keep things afloat. <laughs> Cameron, the Eagles fan? It, that's right. Yep. So he's all fired up for his Eagles. So yeah. uh, he's a lo- loyal listener as well. So he'll enjoy this uh, later on. Um, the other day, actually, I was <laughs> we were both mowing the lawn. And I, we were talking and he pulled out his earbud and he's like, I'm listening to you on the, on the earbud. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's just a funny situation. That's just a funny situation for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What do you say to that? Ah, nice. Or like, Hey, Hey, what do you you think of my take? (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. You better get back to it. (laughs) Better get back to it. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt. Absolutely not. But uh, all right, are there any games we didn't talk about? I mean, I think the the Bucks losing, of course, we gotta I gotta mention that again uh, because this could be the beginning of the unraveling. It's already been unraveling. We've already seen the signs, and I've been trying to tell you the signs. I've been warning everyone get off the Bucks bandwagon. Uh, but like somebody I was talking to at the office today, if it's not the Bucks, then who's it going to be? Can we trust the the Panthers to win this division? The Falcons, the Saints. It's a tough division. It's like Ooh. an ugly division, tough in yeah. a negative way. Well, I think so my big takeaway is. That was, we almost want to forget that as a Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers game. Like that was a disaster, hard to watch. Yeah, very it was probably marketed as, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady dueling it out. Yikes! I mean, that's a game I want to forget quickly. That, that's that was a, a turn surprising it off game. one. Yeah. yeah, that was much lower scoring, and even the Bills game was lower scoring than we thought uh, last night with Denver and San Francisco. I mean, we thought we'd see a little more, little more action. Um, so that was yeah. that was disappointing. And to then, me, the the Jaguars is the biggest thing to put thirty eight on the Chargers. <sighs> the Jaguars to score thirty eight points. Period. I mean, they've got some good things going there. No matter if Herbert was 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 dinged up, that's such a convincing win. Thirty eight to ten. Oh, they are. I, yeah, that's exciting to see. I think the Jags are are here to stay. They they've got the pieces, and we, like we all forget. This was a number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah it's just in his second season. Last year's a write-off. At this point, last year is such a write-off. Does, yeah. like, it's just a bad overall situation. This division, the Colts got it such a big win against Kansas City. I'm not bought in on the Colts yet. This division could be interesting because the Jags have had a dream start to the season. It is so they lost week one to Washington. Now Washington has looked terrible two weeks in a row. Even though Wentz 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 had two good games and then was bad yesterday against his former team. Uh, so that's interesting. So some of these these rival games have been you know with Reich and uh, Wentz and everybody's kind of been playing each other. 
Um, so that's been that's been kind of fun early in the season. But uh, but yeah, Eagles, man, they're they're locked and loaded, and it really is remarkable to think what they've done these last two years now. Um, you know, going back to last year, making the playoffs, surprising everybody. Nick Sirianni, everybody was laughing at him, talking about flowers. And, yeah. you know, fans in Philly were like, who's this guy? Well, he's come in and just legitimized the team. Uh, let Jalen Hurts just l- loose. Go, yeah. go, Hurts. Let's let you're you're our guy. Like They don't even have a great running game, but. To have Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown as your two weapons, oh, Goddard, yeah. I mean, yeah. those three guys right there, they're they're in good shape. So their defense has yeah. been solid. Um, they're, I mean, they're last impressive. year we were thinking, man, is Gardner Minshew the guy? Is he I was better thinking than that. Hertz? Yeah. yeah. We all were thinking that. And now Hertz is a top three MVP candidate right now. That, it's, no question. Oh, it's and, unbelievable. And then yesterday the Rams, Super Bowl champs, they do get the win over Arizona. And I'm going to stand by Arizona's not very good. Like, they, they, they beat Oak, uh, Oakland, Las Vegas last week. But it just proves Vegas is in big trouble. They're, they're one of the yeah. worst teams right now. And Arizona was slightly better. They lucked out last week. But we saw who they really are in an ugly game against the Rams, too. We've seen some great football. We've seen some ugly football. And, and I do think we have to go back to some of the conversation around preseason. Not playing in the preseason hurts these teams through the first three weeks of the season, maybe four weeks of the season. They've got yep. to get rid of the rust. And, and you know, like our theme today about being patient, we have to be patient with some of these teams, but some of these teams put themselves in that in their own bad spot by getting yeah. off to these slow starts. So, I, you know, I expect Denver to click eventually. The Rams will look better at some point this year. I know they got the win, but Stafford's not, not lighting it up by any means. Um, still got to get Allen Robinson consistently involved. So, yeah, a lot of playoff teams last year are, are off to slow starts. Um, and I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, how many of these coaches are going to be fired? Because what happens is if, if some of these teams, like let's say the Titans, end up having a really bad season, they're not getting rid of Vrabel. So they're no running way. Vrabel back. He's a great yeah. coach, but they're going to have a bad year. And, and so there are a couple teams like that. Cincinnati, you mentioned Zach Taylor. I, mean, I can't imagine they're going to get rid of Zach Taylor after they just went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. and, and maybe Cincinnati gets it, gets it going. They beat the Jets. The Jets are not very good, even though they stole one last week against the Browns. But, um, yeah, so fascinating to think about the coaches. All right, who's, who's going to really have a tough season? Uh, Kingsbury, Matt Rule, those are some of the names to, to think about. Frank Reich, if Colts don't have a good year. Uh, yeah, well, I'm still counting on them to have a big year, so I'm still I'm still on that bandwagon. Um, and yeah. then lastly, we'll we'll end on this. Uh, Baltimore, Baltimore looks good. They, I mean, they they let that one slip away against Miami last week, but Baltimore yeah. 37 points. Lamar Jackson running, throwing all over yes. the field. Healthy Impressive. Lamar Jackson. Let's not let how great Jalen Hurts is playing make us forget that Lamar Jackson very well still could is the MVP right now. His numbers are unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. What he's doing is historical. Jalen Hurts has been great, but Lamar Jackson, I mean, they, yes. oh, gosh. He's going to get paid. Should get his money somewhere. Somebody's oh. going to pay him. He bet on himself. Yeah. That, yeah. Generic phrase of the day, but. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think I wrote a devotional about that. But, uh, but yeah, so, so, so Raven, uh, nice, nice win for them over New England. New England, eh, still, still ugly, still ugly in New England. They got things to work out. 
So, yeah. And then you think about Josh McDaniels and the, the, the Belichick disciples. It's not, it's not a good, it's not a good track record. I know we'll, we'll try to be patient with the, with the Raiders, but it's, it's not looking great. And, and I, I pull for Derek Carr. would love to see him really get things going there. He played, he played okay. He had a decent game, but uh, you can't lose to, to Tennessee after the way they've about been playing. The Belichick disciples. Maybe this is a conversation for another day, but like, Disciples of Saban and Belichick. Like, Saban's had better success with his coaches, definitely. But some of them fail. But Belichick, like, oof. I mean, it's there's been some crashing and burning. Well, like Pat- well, Patricia in, in Detroit. Detroit. Judge oh, in New York. Goodness Ro- Romeo Cronell, Charlie <laughs> Weiss. Oh. Bill O'Brien was okay, but ultimately not not great um so yeah it's 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 tough it's tough to be a a part of it when you leave you got you want to stay <laughs> i think that's the answer and that's what was so interesting yeah. mcdaniel stayed for a long time could have gotten yeah. other jobs um again our theme today was about impatience so there, there's a level of impatience here but but the raiders were a playoff team last year like they lucked out or mcdaniel's lucked out taking over a playoff team that's a rare thing to do yeah. to, to become upgrading- a new head coach Upgrading said playoff team in the offseason. That's right. So, yeah, to, to you can't be 0-3. You can't start the season 0-3. That, that's no. that's unacceptable with the that's situation that they were in. Taking over a playoff team. Yeah. That's a great point. And it's not like oh. they, they start off the season with all these good teams. Arizona and uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. I can't remember who they played for the first week. Chargers. But, okay, so we'll give them that one. Fine. So they should be 2-1, and, and they're 0-3. So... Yeah. Yeah. The Chargers, they got to get healthy. The Chargers are, they're the, they're the, the injured team. Every year we see it. There's a good team. Here's that's the an thing though. Team. I said this, I will believe it when I see it every year. It's oh, big year for the Chargers, big year for the Chargers. <laughs> and it, it just, it can't happen. I don't know what is going on. It's one thing or another with them. It really oh. is. But, and I, I know I was starting to think about that too, is Staley the problem, but I think it's too, we got to look to the injuries at least at this point with them. They've yeah. dropped a couple couple in it's a row fair. here. But it, they, they got to get healthy, especially on that O-line, if they've lost some some guys there, which which hurts. And then you got your injured quarterback. So and injured star receiver, Keenan Allen. Yeah. So not not a good start for them. All right. Enjoyed it. Thanks to Luke. Uh Henry, we're we're praying for you. We'll hopefully see you next week. Um, thanks to everybody listening. Everybody uh jumping in on the chat. Thank you. You can always email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Love hearing from you. And uh, we've we've got the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast tomorrow with Harrison. Uh, So be sure to check that out live at 1045 a.m. Eastern and also uh, on the podcast. And that's in a separate podcast feed. So go search for that Fantasy Football Fellowship uh, to MetaShare. And thanks to all of our loyal supporters. Uh, We appreciate you. Thanks for allowing us to do this. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will talk to you, Lord willing, next Monday here on the Unpacking It live show. Uh, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. 
We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.